Good evening, everyone. Broadcasting live. Uh, February 6th. Oh, that didn't even go out. Right, so now we are, I think it's all working. So we've got a Google Hangout up as well, if people want to come on and ask questions. Uh, if you just want to watch, you can watch from my YouTube channel, I think. So today's quote is about mindfulness of breathing. When the Buddha praised mindfulness of breathing time and time again, it's considered to be the gold standard in meditation practices in Buddhism. And so there's a lot written about it, there's a lot of debate about it, discussion about it. People have their own ideas about it. Lots and lots of different ideas about it. Some of which include the fact that it has to be done at the nose. I've had a monk tell me, I explained to him that I do mindfulness of breathing, watching the stomach, or I do a meditation watching the stomach rising and falling. And he looked very serious and concerned. And he said, through a translator actually, it was kind of interesting, he told his translator, to tell him that he's going to has to be careful with that because it's not the Buddha's teaching. And he, it had to be at the nose. In um, Thailand, they've got lots of interesting ideas about mindfulness of breathing. They mix it with mindfulness of the Buddha usually. So when the breath goes in, they say Buddha. When it goes out, they say Do. Bundho, bundho. And as a result, they start to get the idea that the breath or the awareness of the breath is somehow the Buddha, in the sense of Buddha meaning one who knows. So if you read some of these books, they talk about that being Buddha, that is Buddha, that knowing mind. Somehow that that's equivalent to Nibbana or something, it's ridiculous. But the Buddha had specific teachings on Anapanasati. Some people say it's it's um, has it's only used for jhana. Other people say that you can use it for vipassana. Some people say Buddha Gosa apparently said that it's um, well. He, he kind of insinuates that it's only for the Buddha and highly special individuals 
that it's very difficult to practice anapanasati. He may be right. It may be quite difficult to become. He, his argument is that it becomes more and more refined as you practice it. But he was talking about a, a specific type of anapanasati that's used to enter into the jhanas. And yeah, the idea that eventually through anapanasati you start to see a light, and that's the nimitta that you use to enter the jhanas. Which is kind of interesting because the breath being um so the 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 breath being based on ultimate reality if you focus on the reality of say the stomach or the, the feeling here you can't enter into jhana obviously because it's uh, it's impermanent suffering and non-self it's not something stable that you can you can absorb in so there has to be some conceptual object like the breath or something that you would that you would focus on but the buddha had um, there's one passage that's really interesting not this quote actually there's a much better quote this one is sort of practical explaining how to teach different ways and there's lots of different ways you can watch uh, watch the breath noticing it's long noticing it's short which is actually a part of how we what we do when you watch the stomach Noticing that it's long and noticing that it's short is a part of seeing both the reality of the experience, being impermanent, suffering, and non-self, and also the reality of your mind, recognizing this is long, recognizing this is short, because something is only long and short, relatively speaking. So it's only the mind that decides, and that so that's a, an experience that arises in the mind. So seeing all of that is a part of vipassana. But there's, you know, calming the mind using breath. There's seeing impermanence using the breath. Anicca, nupasi, viharati. Uh, contemplating release or, or being released by focusing on the breath. There's lots of different aspects. But the quote that I wanted to bring up was where the Buddha talks, he praises Anapanasati. So we can get an idea of what he thought of it. He says, Santo Jeva Panitocha. It is both uh, peaceful, Santa, right? Santo. It's peaceful and Panita, Panitocha, which means uh, subtle. Santo Jeva Panitocha. So it's clearly something that calms the mind down. That's, you know, even in Vipassana, we talk about how it's not really designed to calm you down, but you can definitely see that having the object of the stomach to come back to is calming, it's reassuring, it's a base, you know, because when you're dealing with the craziness of the mind, having the stomach to go back to is having the breath to go back to. I mean, the breath is always there, something you can rely on. And it's something that can become very peaceful. Santo, it's very subtle. It's subtle, it can get subtle. I mean, that's more to do with samatha, where you focus on the subtle sensations uh, at the nose or whatever. Asejanako, this is an interesting one. And this is uh, asejanaka. Asejanaka means mixed. So asejanaka means unmixed, unadulterated. So how it might be translated. But it's interesting to use this word to rebut people 
especially people, you know, meditators from the Thai tradition who seem to think you can mix Buddha and mindfulness of the Buddha and mindfulness of the breath. I would argue that this word could be used against that, along with the experiences that come from mixing them as well. But, you know, I'm, I, I shouldn't be too critical to each their own. But if you talk to monks in Sri Lanka and tell them that that's what they're doing in Thailand, they just shake their heads. Where did they get that idea? Mixing two meditations like that. Asejanaka means it's unmixed. So the breath is breath. It's pure, right? There's no baggage associated with it. I mean, for most people. And when you focus on it, it's such a pure object. There's no... There's no bias in the sense of it being useful for some people and not useful for others, it being only useful for this type of person. Asejanaka, it's unadulterated. There's no baggage associated with it for most people. Asejanako sukho javiharo. It's a dwelling in happiness. So again, much more to do with the tranquility side of mindfulness of breath, where you're focusing on on the concept of the breath going in and going out. It becomes very calming. But no matter what, whether it's vipassana or samatha, focusing on the breath is both peaceful and, and pleasant, happy. Now, in vipassana, the problem comes that you eventually have to deal with when it's unpleasant. You have to deal with the tension in the stomach, or you have to deal with the fact that it's not under your control. It can be quite un uncomfortable. But by focusing on it, by using it, and by being objective, which it helps you to become objective because it's such an objective object, uh, happiness comes regardless of the, the discomfort. So it's important to separate happiness and comfort, happiness and pleasure. Sukho to viharo doesn't have to mean it's pleasant, but uh, it's peaceful and and you, know, you want to say it's almost pleasant, but it's pleasant through unpleasantness. It's important to understand because. Uh, vipassana meditation can be quite unpleasant. People think they're doing it wrong or that the meditation is wrong because they see impermanence, think changing, chaotic. They see suffering and it's unpleasant, it's unsatisfying, it's, it's unamenable to, to your wishes. It's, it's, uh, well, unsatisfying, I guess, is the lack of a better word. And it's uncontrollable, so you can't force the breath, and you find yourself for trying to force it and suffering more as a result. And so if you see that, you might get discouraged and think, this isn't happy. But it, 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 there's such happiness that comes when you learn to be objective about it. It brings happiness. But I think mostly this is referring to how calming it is in the beginning. You focus on the concept of the breath, it can be quite calming and pleasant. But the most important aspect is the final final characteristics. We got Sukha Santo Cheva Panito Cha 
सुखो जवी असे जनको सुखो जवी हरो I think there's another one that I'm forgetting, but the final one is Upanupane Papake Akusane Dhamme. Whatever evil dhammas, papake akusane, unwholesome evil dhammas have arisen. Antaradha peti upasameti, they cause to it causes uh, mindfulness of breathing destroys them basically causes them to go away causes them to to cease to be uh, tranquilized neutralized it really um, forces you I mean this is much more on the vipassana side it really forces you to give up because you can't control it you can't control the breath it forces you to let go and it helps you to let go because it gives you something pure there's no greed attached to it there's no anger attached to it so it gives you something pure to focus on and let all your uh, all your anger and all your greed just pour out like like this is like water washing it off I think the Buddha likens it to rain <coughs> rain actually just like in the hot season, when or the you get one season where it, when it rains, it's cool and refreshing, and it also washes away all your defilements. It is not to be mis mis not to be underestimated because you can you you can you think that it was rising from that's that's just a simple exercise. You can become enlightened just watching your stomach rise and fall. You see all three characteristics very clearly. It's impermanent suffering and non-self. It's all right there. And we're forced to let go of defilements. You know, all any defilement you have for anything in the world, it will show up. It's as though you have a it's a cloth. And you're wiping your hands, and all the stains show up on the cloth, and it wipes away all the stains. So, anyway, some little speech in praise of Anapanasati, which is very, you know, it's very possible to, very reasonable. Just to suggest that what we practice is a form of anapanasati. It's also you can also describe it as mindfulness of the aggregates or the elements, because it's that as well. Okay, so do we? I've got uh, I've got a whole posse here. Hey guys, some people joined the hangout. Do any of you guys have mics? I can hear you. Hey, Larry. Hey. This is my first visit. Oh, welcome. Thank you. We just I've just started trying to get people to join the Hangout, so I figure if people really want to ask, um, if, they, if they're willing to come on here, it means they really need to ask their question badly, so 
we'll cull, we'll cull or we'll separate the wheat from the chaff this way. If, if you're just idly typing it in, it's a sign that you don't really need an answer. I mean, the problem is lots of questions and, and repeat questions more. So, and this is more real, you know, right? This is actually, we're now a community of four of us. We're a sangha, you could say. And I've got two guys sitting here in my room li listening. So, uh, so, anybody got any questions? Or are you just here to say hi? I'm just here to say hi and uh, kind of get acquainted with the process. If I, uh, I, I guess I was thinking that this might be um, just a, a Dhamma talk yeah. and not a question and answer opportunity, so I'm not prepared. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't announced that or anything. I, you know, I just gave like 10 minutes, so that's our short Dhamma talk for the day. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can stop there. But... <clears throat> Um, you know, we can talk for a few minutes anyway. You're, you guys are live on the internet in case you didn't realize it. <laughs> We've got 23 viewers. I have, a question. I have a question, Bhante. Go for it. Is it, uh, is, it, is it important not to move while you're meditating with a seated meditation? It's important to learn while you're meditating. I mean, it's important that we understand what we're doing because we're not trying to get into some ecstatic state or, or trance state. In Vipassana, we're trying to learn about our minds and about our bodies. So there's not so many shoulds and shouldn'ts, musts and must-nots. You just have to ask yourself logically, you know, what happens when I, for example, when I move. So if you're moving without being mindful, then it's a moment of delusion, you know, or it's a moment of you know following the, your your habits. Um, moreover, the the, the question it's the question is why are you moving, right? So the cause of your moving is potentially a problem. So we move because we're uncomfortable. Well, uncomfortable means disliking. Disliking means anger. Anger is one of the defilements. So acting on it is problematic. It's cultivating the habit of aversion. Something bad happens, you find a way to escape it. That's a big reason why we move. Another reason why we move is we get tired and maybe lazy. And so we start to slouch. Uh, and so again, you might want to address that if you're tired or so on. To say to yourself, tired and tired. I do both. But, but that being said, you can be that the pain is just too intense and you have no choice. You're going to move. So, so I guess the two parts. You note whatever it is that making you want to move. You say angry, and, I'm sorry, disliking, disliking, or tired. Mm -hmm. But when you do move, that's not... The answer, the, the short answer to the question: No, it's not wrong. I mean, okay. we, don't, we don't really have wrong and right. It's you know, it's best if you can be free from the need to you know, to move for you know if if you can free yourself from the aversion to the pain. But um, there, there's no intrinsic reason why moving should be wrong because you can be mindful of it. So. Absolutely. When you need to move, when you feel like, okay, enough, I have to back off, it's just too intense, 
Absolutely. But the, the technique, the proper technique, would be to say to yourself, wanting to move, wanting to move, just a couple of times, noting the intention. Sometimes you do that and then you don't have to move, but probably you still want to move. Lift your hand up. if it's, So you're moving your foot. You say lifting, lifting, moving. Grab the leg, grabbing, or, or holding, touching. Then lifting, moving, lowering, releasing. And so Just being mindful. That's fine. That's helpful. Who's this guy in the middle? Ninety sim. What does ninety sim? Can Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, yeah. I just yeah, who are you? So I'm Simon. Oh, hi, Simon. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you, Bande. Nice to meet you. You don't have a webcam, I guess. No, I'm sorry. I just got the mic for now. Did you record today's Second Life talk? Yep, we recorded that at Hollow Hill, because I kind of messed up the time, so I wasn't there for the li live session. So we just listened um, when, actually, just 10 minutes after it, it finished there. I just kind of messed up the time, so. I see. So you didn't record the video? Yeah, I, I made a video, um, but it was not recorded at the Deer Park. It was uh, recorded uh, at another place where we just sat down and did meditation and, and listened to. Oh, that's good. Okay. At at Dar's place, actually. I don't know if you've been there. No. Okay. No, I haven't been on Second Life much. I was yeah. thinking, um, uh, you all have places on Second Life, so there's no point. But we, I, at one point, we had set up an open sim. If you know open sim, it's uh, you can set up your own Second Life for free. You just need a server. Ah. And yeah, so, so that's also an open and public space as well, um, where we were today, full of... Yeah, but like with, with OpenSim, you have it on your own server, you can have up to... You guys can go ahead, you guys go meditate, you don't need to listen to this. This is more general stuff. Good night. Um, and you can have as many people on as one, at once as you like, you can have as many shapes and stuff as you like. It's, it's all free. It tends to be less laggy depending on your server than than Second Life, because Second Life is or it used to be Second Life used to be pretty problematic. You can do a lot more in it. And the thing is it would be just our group. You wouldn't have I mean that's good and bad, but the good side is it would just be for this group. The way to get everybody kind of in the same room together, sitting down. Yeah, it's it's a, it's fake, but virtual. There's some potential for good there. I think it was very interesting listening to the talk today. Definitely. Mm. Uh, I've got a question. Yeah. Uh, Second Life. I I'm I'm not clear. I I've never participated in any any of those kinds of applications or activities. So I'm. I'm uh, really ignorant of what it's all about. I'm getting the impression, but I am curious. I'm getting the impression that perhaps it's um, kind of a way to to 
to give the um, the virtual sangha opportunity to to have some more interface or activity outside of the uh, meditation Sirmangalo site. Yeah, I mean, it's a place, what people will say good about it is it's a chance to meet other people, meet other Buddhists, talk with them, meditate with them, encourage each other. Um, people really like it. It's, it's kind of like a game, I think. Uh, kind of, you know, it's got its good and its bad. The bad is it's kind of like a game. <laughs> up in it. Um, yeah, I'm... It's been good the past couple of weeks. I've had really good audiences, 20-some people per second. Is there, does it encompass uh, uh, Dhamma talks, teaching, uh, or is it kind of a peer-to-peer -peer sharing kind of a thing? It's virtual reality, so you actually see cartoon, you know, or... or cartoon characters of each other sitting in a sitting in a deer park. If you look on, on YouTube, you can see I've recorded, if you Google me, Yutadamo Second Life, you'll probably find my videos um, that I did in Second Life. Lots of good talks back in the day. They're very good. Hmm. Okay, thanks. I guess I shouldn't be saying they're good, but I think they were. You know, I was really keen on it at the time and doing uh, and preparing for them and stuff. Monte, I I listened to those probably more than anything else, huh. and I listened to them repeatedly. Well, they're really good talks. That's good to hear. Uh, I have a another question. Uh, I have registered for a um, teacher meet at um, this week early one early one morning I, th I think perhaps Friday there was an available slot and I, this will be my first uh, occasion so it is it pretty much a, you know just earbuds uh, audio audio visual like hanging out right now it's very much like what you're doing right now Okay. You have to call me is the only difference. Sure. So you can do that using my, my Gmail address. You can also, um, on the meditation site, on the page where you signed up for it, mm -hmm. if you're there at the right time, a little button will show up, and mm -hmm. that should do it for you. But if you can't do it that way, you can go to hangouts.google.com, and there's a link to that as well, I think, on the page, right? And... Uh, yeah, there you can. There's links to Google Hangouts. Go there and find me. Okay. Using yeah. my email address, you can you to demo at Gmail. Right. And and I I, I presume that uh, it it's particularly an opportunity. Uh, uh, I, I've I've been meditating uh, on my own down here in South Mississippi, pretty well isolated from. From Buddhism um, uh, for about three years, and um, basis um, reading and and YouTube videos. Watched a lot of your videos. Uh, read a, a number of authors. So, and just kind of uh, groping my way through the process. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
uh, it'll this will be my first opportunity to actually tell somebody who understands, you know, what what I'm up to, uh, and ask how can I do it better? What should I do differently? You know, I'm I'm open to criticism, etc. Well, what what a lot of people don't realize who who've you know gotten involved or read my booklet or whatever is that there's more than just the first step. Like what you read in my booklet or in my videos is the first day of a meditation course. There's it gets a lot more involved in that, and there's a lot more exercises to give you. But can't really do that just by putting them out on the internet because people will you know, there's a potential to go too far too fast on your own, that kind of thing. You probably not, but we don't really do it. You know, it's just following tradition. You have to get the exercises from me. So that's what these are for. You have to meditate at least an hour a day um, to be considered for it. Otherwise, I won't talk to you. I'll say, go back next week. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll give you, you know, I'd talk to you if, and then I give you a new exercise. If you have questions, you ask them. If I have questions, I'll ask them. Just to make sure you're on track, give you the new exercise. Sure, super. And so we go through what would be the equivalent of like 90% of a foundation course if you were coming stay, to stay here and doing like many hours a day. Um, and so we, you'll do like one hour a day to start and with the expectation, you should have the expectation that you're eventually getting up two hours a day. Mm -hmm. So that's what you should be preparing for. Start at one hour, get up to two hours. That's when I've just made that up on my own, but that seems reasonable. And then we meet once a week, as you can see, and you do in one week what you would be doing in a day. As a result, it takes about, well, 15, 18 weeks to finish that course. And then to actually finish the foundation course, you'd still have to come here. Like right now, there's one man who did that, finished the online course, Patrick. And now he's come here for 10 days, and he'll finish within 10 days the foundation course. Okay, so it is, uh, I, I wasn't clear on that, so I appreciate it. Uh, it, it there's the expectation that I would uh, make arrangements for a weekly uh, call-in. Yes. Good, okay, good deal. Yeah, once you've got the slot, it's yours every week until we finish the process or until you decide you don't want to do it anymore, then you take yourself okay. off the list. Okay. My, um, my life schedule can be, uh, can vary a little bit with uh, uh, sometimes having grandbaby responsibilities, things like that. So it's, it, I, I didn't realize that I was uh, needing to commit to that particular time slot each week. Is that alterable? Yeah, you can change it as you like. I mean, you still want to give yourself a week of practice in between meetings, but yeah, you sure. can. As long as there's a slot open, just take a new slot. Okay. okay. Or if you can't Good. make it and there's no slot, just send me an email and we can work something out. Okay. Potentially. Okay. Super. Thanks for all that information. Great. Appreciate that. Yep. Anybody else? Otherwise, I'm going to head off. Good night. Okay. Good night, everyone.
Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you. Good night.